What's up, everybody? Welcome to Kind of Funny Games Daily for Tuesday, January 5th, 2021. I'm one of your hosts, Greg Miller, alongside the future class of video games. Blessing, Eddie Oye Jr. What's up, Greg? I like this outfit. All right, you got the kind Thank of money jacket on, hot. You got the spawn on me shirt, hot. Yeah. You're still rocking the beard, hot. Yeah. Thank you, I appreciate it. It's a very good day today, Greg, because the Persona soundtracks are on Spotify now. Oh, wow. Yeah. You've been rocking with that all day long? Yeah, I've been uh, getting my morning start to that. Started off with a little bit of Persona 4, moved on yeah. to Persona 5. Wow. Listened to a little bit of uh, Persona 4 Arena Ultimax. Very good day. As very one good does. Start to my day. As one does. All right, of cool. Course. How, what is your hype level for Strikers? I'm really excited about it. The one thing that has me a bit, not down, but like less excited is that I didn't get into Hyrule Warriors at all. And gotcha. I know they're like similar kinds of, like they're both Musou games. And so yeah, they're yeah, both yeah. within the same genre. The thing that does have me, have me excited is that uh, when the demo originally came to Switch uh, for the Japanese version, uh, I played the demo and the demo was really good. I was very blown away by how okay. well they're able to, to adapt a lot of the battle system uh, into Persona 5 Strikers, and also they like kept pretty much the same style, kept the same uh, level of soundtrack. Like it seems like Persona 5 Strikers is gonna have all the things that I want from that kind of game. Uh, on the ones and twos is Boss Baby Barry Courtney, big Persona fan. What about you? Where are you with Strikers hype? I'm I'm very excited uh, for all the same reasons that Blessing said. Because yeah, I, I also did make a Japanese account on my Switch to be able to play the the demo. Um, and yeah, I was really impressed with like, I, I've played Muso games, uh, Muso type games before for like IGN sure. and stuff, and they were never really up my alley, but, uh, yeah, I was really impressed with like the kind of bones of the battle system that Persona 5 has, uh, like how well that was integrated into, uh, this different, uh, battle system. Mm-hmm. And then also like, I'm excited because like, it's it's kind of a story follow up. We'll see like how in depth it goes, and like there still is the social uh, side of things, sure. uh, which is like another main reason why I love uh, Persona Five. So yeah, I'm I'm really excited. Um, yeah, I can't wait. Okay, enough about that. Let's talk about the fact that the PlayStation 4 is dead in Japan, kinda. Nintendo's bought the Luigi Mansion 3 developer, and Epic is going to the mall because this is Kinda Funny Games Daily. Each and every weekday on a variety of platforms, we run you through the nerdy video game news you need to know about. If you like that, be part of the show at patreon.com slash kindoffunnygames. Of course, on patreon.com slash kindoffunnygames, you can write in to be part of the show with your questions. You can write in to have your uh, your your names shared for Squad Up, and we can all play games together. You can get the show ad-free. You can get it with the exclusive post-show we do each and every episode. Uh, however, if you have no bucks to toss our way, it's no big deal. You can watch live as we record it on twitch.tv slash kindoffunnygames. If you're watching live on Twitch, you have a special job. Go to kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong and tell us what we screw up as we screw it up so we can set the record straight for everybody watching later on youtube.com slash kindoffunnygames, Rooster Teeth, and, of course, everyone listening on podcast services around the globe each and every weekday. Housekeeping for you. Guess what? It is January 5th, 2021, which means it is officially six years 
since we started Kind of Funny as an independent operation. Of course, yesterday we did the Kind of Funny day stream we always do to start the year to celebrate a bunch of new stuff, announce a bunch of new stuff. You all came out in the thousands to support us and help us raise money for the new year. Uh, of course, some of the big stuff we announced, even though there, I will never be able to get through it all uh, quickly and efficiently, is that we hired Snowbike Mike. Uh, we are continuing the X-Cast. We brought on Paris Lilly uh, to be doing the X-Cast with Snowbike Mike and Gary Wood as a permanent third chair. If that wasn't enough, we have committed to twitch.tv slash kindoffunnygames in a way we never have before. Snowbike Mike's job on top of the X-Cast is that he will lead a two, at least two-hour-long live stream after every episode of Kind of Funny Games Daily where we can play video games and hang out together. So that means, yes, today after this, the first one is happening. It's Nick and Andy, and I think they're playing some Warzone. We'll see where they end up, though. Dog dog on top of that we hired roger pokorny from the audience from the kind of funny best friends if you don't know roger you know his work he had a borderlands show for us for a long time he's done a bunch of other stuff if you've seen those little social videos going around we started doing late last year he was working on those he is now here full time he is going to be making all sorts of cool social content he is going to be editing those uh, streams that uh, mike and everybody does he'll make them into bite-sized content you can see wherever you want to see it uh we added another kind of funny podcast uh there's a blessing show going on right now uh, it's a Raj and Blessing joint. It is amazing. It is awesome. It is really well edited. It is, it is you know, Blessing talking straight to you about video game stuff. Uh, you can get that episode one, the pilot. You can see it right now on patreon.com slash games, or you can wait for it to come to youtube.com slash games next week. Blessing, that's just the tip of the iceberg. There's more, but that was like the yeah. big stuff. For it, you know, and that's a lot. I'm, I'm yeah. just saying something. There. All right. How, how does it feel to have like six years under your belt now? It's kind of funny. It... <sighs> It's a, it's that's a huge question that I don't yeah. think I have the bandwidth uh, mentally to deal with, right? Like right before this, Nick and uh, uh, Tim and I were on a phone call. I can't believe six years in, I still do that, and I've known them longer. Uh, I was talking to Tim before this, and it was very much like it's so funny to go from yesterday's six years, the celebration. We of course, please go to the YouTube channels, watch the amazing video announcing all this stuff. It's uh, starts with a, a video edited by Corey Cudney that is a good, uh, first off, a recap of 2020 and then a goodbye to the studio since we're officially out of the original studio. We still have that brand new studio we will go to when it's safe and we can't all die. Um, but yesterday is one of those things where we're talking about the future, we're talking about the past, it's all the stuff and, you know, I think, it, I, I don't know how it is for you, Blessing, I'd imagine it's similar, but like, our jobs are awesome this connection with the audience is awesome. And I think on a day-to-day -day basis, it's so easy to get wrapped up in problems, issues, this, that, the other, that are things you need to address, but aren't what defines the company, aren't what does this, right? The, yesterday and all this other stuff, these big things. But like to go from yesterday of it already being like, man, we've done so much amazing stuff. Get out of the wires, Portillo. We've done so much amazing stuff, but then also today to be right back to, we're, we're honed on this one thing. And I'm like, I understand we're mad, we're not mad. We're trying to crack this code. We're trying to solve this problem right now, Tim. But this is a grain of sand on the beach that is kind of funny. You know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. next year and this time, we're not going to be thinking about this one thing. This is such a rear view problem. So it's six years of kind of funny is ridiculous because it is on the one hand, it feels like yesterday that I was at IGN. On the other hand, it feels like a lifetime ago. I feel like a year of kind of funny feels like it's four years at once like so much happens mm -hmm. we change so dynamically we change in like you know especially last year of how weird 2020 was and everything we did like it's always humbling you know what i mean and i think that now more than ever you know last time on the kind of funny podcast is how we we ended the stream with the 12-hour stream with a kind of funny podcast as tradition dictates and at the end we are you know going around saying nice things about everybody to your right from this question mm -hmm. and you know tim said something i thought that was 
I felt for a long time, but I don't think I've ever vocalized that Andy was the start of this kind of funny, right? And not in the way that like, I think Andy is like, you know, and I love Andy and he's great. We could do the, you know, he's, he's a huge part of the company, but I don't think it is in, yeah, it, Tim's right, but it's not in the way that Andy changed everything. It was, Andy was the first time we brought somebody in. I'll never forget when Andy was moving out here. And I was like, yeah. And I was talking to him like, when does he get here? And he's like, oh, he's in Arizona right now driving. And that was the first time it dawned on me of like, oh my God, Andy blew up his life for this job. Like I blew up my life for IGN. You know, and that was the first time mm -hmm. where it was like, oh shit, like we're the adults in the room. I didn't think that through. And so to be there last night with everybody, all the full timers except Cool Greg, because you will not come on Discord, in this one room talking and see, you know, you and Roger and Barrett and all these people that I remember from, you know, community events now being part of Kind of Funny to see how, you know, you especially blessing how you fucking killed 2020 and blossomed and like, you know, took on all this responsibility and became something like, you know, I think it was so hard six years ago, even six years ago when Colin and me weren't in a video. And people would be like, who are Tim and Nick? You know what I mean? Like there was concern like of trying to start a business that way of like, is that how it's always going to be? Like, is it, is it one of those things that it can't exist without one of us on camera or something? And so like the fact that there's a blessing show right now is fucking phenomenal and better than anything I could make. And nobody's in the comments going, where the fuck's Greg? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that's what it's all about. So thank yeah. you all as always for what you've done. That's awesome. For us. And yeah. Congratulations. And yeah, like, for me, as someone who started off as a fan, right in 2015, when you guys started, and even before that, like listening to be honest stuff, sure, I never like, I never really thought about like how six years later would look like. You know, when I was listening to to you guys in the spare bedroom in 2015, yeah. I never thought about what 2021 would look like for kind of funny. Yeah, and now getting here and like looking around and seeing what it is, like one, it's it's hard to believe that it's been six years, but then also it's hard to believe that like. I want to say y'all, but I guess we have grown and like become this. And yeah, again, like congratulations to the company. This is awesome. Yeah. I mean, obviously you and Barrett, huge part of that. So thank you for coming on this journey with us. But of course, kind of funny, best friends. Uh, you're a huge part of it as well. Uh, if you didn't know, we are, of course, doing the normal thing where we have a fundraising thermometer encouraging you to go su subscribe on patreon.com. Patreon.com slash kind of funny and patreon.com slash kind of funny games. Um, as usual, you fill it in, it gets you new shows and stuff. We already smashed the goal we set, so we have to come up with a bunch of stretch goals for the next 12-hour one. But for the first time ever, since we're doing so much Twitch stuff, we're also saying that if you subscribe on twitch.tv slash kindoffunnygames, that goes into the coffers, the thermometer there too. So maybe you're an audio listener, maybe you just listen to games daily. It would mean a lot if you went over to twitch.tv slash kindoffunnygames and subscribed. Maybe use that Amazon Prime subscription you get for free. However, if you don't want to spend any money on twitch.tv slash kindoffunnygames, we're also uh, saying that if you go for free to twitch.tv slash kindoffunnygames, click the follow button and click the notification button. Those count for the thermometer as well this time around as we want to make sure people are watching all the cool stuff we're doing live for this year. And as we said a lot last yesterday, if you missed it, I'm going to put a pin in this and get to the gaming news. Uh, this is really us talking about the first six months of Kind of Funny. Uh, the plan, of course, is that in June, and again, that's a knock on wood. Let's see how vaccines and COVID go. We'll be able to go safely back to the brand new office, this huge, you know, five times bigger than the old place, and then start that kind that that half of the year as Kind of Funny. But we'll see if that actually happens and when that is. And we're not going to rush it. We want everybody to be safe. But for now. We're talking about that and all the cool shit we're doing. And like I said, there's a lot more. Uh, you can go to either YouTube channel and watch the announcement video there. Uh, for now, though, thank you to our Patreon producer, Blackjack. Today, we're brought to you by ExpressVPN, Honey, and PillPack. But I'll tell you about that later. For now, let's begin the show with what is and forever will be the Roper Report.
Time for some news. Four items on the rope report. A bigger dozen. Barrett, is it new that they're seeing you? Like you got a little kev cam going. Is that new? I, I, yeah, I, I finally took the two minutes it takes to do this. Like last night, <laughs> <laughs> I was That's like, awesome. I, I was waiting to I do it. things last night, and I was like, you know what? I, I gotta fuck with OBS anyway, so let's do this. So hi, good. I love it. Good job. Good job there. Number one, Sony Japan is discontinuing most PlayStation 4 models. This is Andy Robinson over at VGC. Sony Interactive Entertainment has officially discontinued the PS4 Pro and all but one model of the original PlayStation 4 in Japan. As, as reported by Japanese publication GameWatch, the only last-gen console Sony will continue to sell in Japan is the standard jet black 500-gigabyte PlayStation 4 slim model. All other PS4 consoles will disappear once current stock is sold, the publication reports, and SIE will divert production to PS5. There's currently no confirmation on whether PS4 Pro will be discontinued in Western markets. However, last month, the official PlayStation US store briefly stated that it would no longer offer PlayStation 4 Pro consoles for sale, suggesting that the premium last-gen console could be discontinued. Shortly after press coverage highlighted this statement, PlayStation Direct removed the messaging, stating that it no longer planned to stock PS4 Pro in the future, although the console remains unavailable. Doesn't make sense to me. VGC has contacted PlayStation for comment and will update this article when we receive a response. Considering the strong demand for PlayStation 5 and the company's stated ambition to transition players to the next-gen console, quote, at a scale and pace that we've never delivered on before, end quote, it would be unsurprising if it, if it were to begin phasing out, it would be unsurprising if it were to begin phasing out the older system in other territories, even if it plans to support it with software for several more years. At $400, PS4 Pro is the same price as the entry-level PS5 Digital Edition, which is $100 cheaper than a disc-based PS5. In a statement published last month, Sony suggested PS5 had enjoyed the biggest console launch in history after beating PlayStation 4's record. Microsoft discontinued its most powerful last-gen console, the Xbox One, this summer in the run-up to November's Xbox Series X slash S launches. Blessing, mm -hmm. are you shocked to see the pivot so quickly? Not at all. I think I think it's all pretty much explained in those two sentences, right? Like at, at $400, PS4 Pro is the same price as the entry-level PS5 Digital Edition. It makes, I think, little sense to have both those things uh, on stock at the same time because yeah. not, it, not that it causes confusion because I think you can easily see like, okay, cool, PS4 is different from a PS5. But when you have those things, when you have those two products battling it out for the same price point, I think that does cause this divide of people who are going into a store and trying to figure out like what they want. And I wonder what that does do to the sales of a PS4 Pro when you can just go, oh, well, PS5 is here, digital edition. I might as well just get that because that is the better system. And so yeah. I think that's number one. And then number two, there has been such a big demand for the PS5 and the PS5 has been, has been so successful uh, to the point where they're not able to manufacture enough to supply for demand. Uh, that I could I could see them being like, all right, like people are are converting at a faster rate. Let's just put way more focus into the PS5 this time around and have people convert quickly. Because PlayStation has said before that they're a believer in generations, and whether or not like <clears throat> you want to believe them when they say that or not, because they're still making games on the PS4. Throw that out. Like that lines up with this thinking of yeah, yeah let's usher people into the new new generation because so many people have the PS4 now. Pretty much everybody has a PS4 we don't really need to keep selling these things as much. 
Yeah, Matt Piscatella, of course, friend of the show and analyst at MPD, uh, put out a tweet today that reads like this. I know we've been talking about the big uptick in hardware demand all summer, but it's still shocking just how quickly last-gen consoles have effectively exited the market. This console transition has been hitting like a, it has been like hitting a light switch. Now, we just need more of the new boxes. I think that's the biggest thing is like, yeah, how many could you be selling right now if you had more PlayStation 5s on the shelves? That seems to be the only thing stopping people from buying PlayStation 5s that you can't get your hands on them. And yeah, you're right. In a perfect world, right, when they are able to be on the shelves, why would you want a $400 PS4 Pro competing with a $400 PS5 Digital Edition? Who would buy that, right? This, This is all about giving, as always, when you're a company, giving the customer a choice, right? And so to have the base playstation 4 500 gigabyte there sure whatever and then you have the ps5 then you have the, or digital then you have ps5 disk drive again that works into getting people into the playstation 5 ecosystem because if you're looking at a playstation 4 base model and then you look over and the digital the ps5 is right there for 100 bucks more you know what i mean whatever the price cuts going to be on just a base ps4 laying around you start having that math and then if you can get over the hump of 100 dollars to ps5 can you get over it one more time yeah. <laughs> to get to the disc version like that's just how you want to get consumers funneled in when do you think they stop making ps4 games see that's a hard question and when you say them do you mean i mean sony first party sony first party i think this is probably the last year of it wouldn't you like i i mean i guess i mean you could i the thing about it is i guess it's going to be a sliding scale for a while and also we're you know in the dark in terms of how many playstation 5s are sold how many they'll be able to get on the shelves this year how many they'll sell this year i think you will see the AAA stuff drift away. You know, I think you're going to see your Naughty Dogs, your Sony Santa Monica, stuff like that. I think this is your last year to get that done. And even then, as we talked about in PS, I love you. Available right now. YouTube.com slash kind of funny games and podcast services around the globe. In the post show, I guess, actually. So it's just Patreon. We talked about God of War Ragnarok and if that was actually going to hit this year. And I mm-hmm. feel like that's the last one that I think could slip into 2022 and still have a PlayStation 4 version and be okay. And I think if you do from there, it's weird. But I think if PlayStation keeps making deals like Returnal with Housemark, if I was putting out Returnal in 2022, I'd still say, oh, let's put out a PlayStation 4 version as well. Let's yeah. make our money on these smaller games that don't have the necessary juice to move a PlayStation 5. Yeah. So, I Go for sorry, it. Sorry, just really quick. Like, how quickly did they phase out making PS3 games and, like, having both, you know? Because I like, Even uh, there, me, though? Like, but on the outside looking he, in, it felt really quick. You know, yeah, well, I mean, because I think the thing there, especially even for Matt Piscatella jumping in here, who has numbers behind his thoughts and opinions, right? For him to say this for how switch it is, it's like I felt the same way where it's like I moved to PlayStation 5 and I haven't thought about PlayStation 4. And so, like, so when somebody makes a comment about it, it's like, oh, right, that's a weird thing, too. But even PS3 to PS4 and PS4 to PS5 are apples and oranges because you figure like PlayStation 4 couldn't play a PlayStation 3 game where PlayStation 5 can. And we are talking about these shifts right of like cool this console is just an iteration of it it is the next step of a playstation 4 pro i do think it you know has all these bells and whistles and whatever yada yada to it but like yada 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 yada. but it's you know that's a good song i watched a lot yeah, of it's such a good song right i watched tiktok a lot this time you know what i mean yeah uh this is one of those where it's i don't think you feel like you're getting screwed when you're seeing and this is me personally miles morales on both horizon on both Especially when I uh, bug snacks on both. Especially when I see Jen playing bug snacks on PS4 and she has these load screens that I just don't fucking have, 
right? Like I'm happy that that's the iteration so far. Obviously, 2027, we'll be looking at what a PlayStation 5 game is doing. Like, oh my God, there's no way a PlayStation 4 could do this. But that's them learning and the industry changing and keeping up and PCs and all that jazz. Like, yeah, go ahead. It, feel, it feels like there's less of an incentive this time around to really uh, put out a game that truly shows off what next gen can do in a way that I felt like there was a little bit of that last time around. Like this time mm. around, when it comes to making a next gen game right now in 2020 slash 2021, I imagine uh, the bells and whistles you see are, oh, hey, here's how Miles Morales uses the dual sense, or here's how these games load quicker, or here's how ray tracing works. And these are all things that can kind of scale up and down in terms of making a PS4 and a PS5 version. Like just because Miles Morales has dual sense integration doesn't mean that they can't make that for ps4 or just because miles morales looks slightly better doesn't mean they can't scale down for ps4 in a way that i think during the the transition from the ps3 to ps4 era there was less like one for what you said right like you couldn't play ps3 games on ps4 and so like why would you go through the work of of making a ps3 game when people aren't getting it on the new console uh but then also like you didn't have people double dipping in that same sort of way except for a few few exceptions like Metal Gear Solid 5 or I think Destiny also in Persona 5 Persona 5 yeah, yeah. uh original Sony First Party didn't I don't think really made any exclusives for both platforms as far as I'm I'm aware like Killzone Shadowfall was PS4 yeah uh, uh you know about a cross gen PlayStation exclusive yeah, like a, that was a first party no that didn't happen right they they the difference between that like then and now is probably because of the amount of ps4 owners right yeah that's my thing back to this and i'm sorry about the light today but i also figured my eyes have been exploding in the last four weeks of content i think it's because i'm way too close to the screen so i got to deal with this um the thing is like if you're a third party and you're making a game that isn't trying to be this graphical powerhouse yada 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 like you're a fool not to just make the playstation 4 version if you're an indie like that's great that I can make a I, that maybe and if it's easy to make a PlayStation Five version, great, do it or whatever. But like for anything else, why wouldn't you have all these millions of PlayStation Fours ready to go, and hopefully an audience that understands that oh they play on my PlayStation Five too? Because I think now when stuff's going to the stores, if you have a PlayStation Five and something comes to the store, it's a new PlayStation game. You're not think I don't think yeah. you're sitting there going oh it's a PlayStation Four game oof last gen. You're like no this this is great like inevitably like i'm i feel like i'm exhausted from yesterday i'm i'm fucking pumped on coffee and i haven't done this show in forever so it's like this weird excitement oh yeah Dude, i feel the exact same i feel the exact same thing too where i drank so much whiskey last night and then this morning i also didn't eat breakfast and i had horrible sleep last night because i tweeted out i had like, oh you had sleep paralysis last night too yeah right? it was so fucking weird yeah I had your sleep first paralysis. Time? did it you was see a monster I saw so I thought I saw somebody breaking into my window. Like I was positive. So this is what happened, right? Like yeah. I was just getting terrible sleep last night. I think part partly because I was drinking, but also partly because like the excitement and nervousness of getting back to work and everything going on. Um I was waking up a lot last night. And there was this one time where like I was just awake lying in bed and I saw somebody walking outside my window and trying to like get in and I was like is somebody breaking into my room? And then I like like as that's happening, I'm like, okay, well, I'm gonna like say something or move, and I just couldn't. And I was like, what the fuck is happening right now? And then I like ended like a few minutes later, I ended up like, I guess yeah, regaining consciousness and being yeah, moved. Yeah, yeah. Like it hit me that I was like, oh, I think that was sleep paralysis. Such a weird yeah, thing. Yeah, I know. Way, 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 way back in the day of the Game Over Greggy show, uh, Darshell Stevens came on. 
and she was talking about having sleep paralysis and i was like oh my god does this sound like a fucking nightmare terrifying. <laughs> you know I mean? one of the scariest things i've ever experienced because i yeah, legit I thought like somebody was gonna come into my room and kill me jeez uh back to the video game point <laughs> i was making that is i mean it was just us talking but like uh hmm. inevitably when hades comes to playstation i imagine that's just gonna be a playstation 4 game like i maybe i don't Hmm. Are we going to still care about bells and whistles that they could put to PlayStation 5, especially if they could just be like, hey, this thing plays faster and less low. You know what I mean? Like, it looks sharp as shit. Who cares? Like, if it's running in 4K, who cares? If it's running in Super HD, who cares? Like, I don't I don't think you're going to see indies worry as much about PlayStation 5 unless I feel it's something like Bug Snacks, where you are a marquee title for us, so we're paying you to make sure there is a PlayStation 5 version of this. Yeah. No, I think that definitely makes sense. And and also, like, the, for the fact that we, the console is backwards compatible, you don't have that bump of being a game that is only available on the PS5 and being part of that limited library in the same way that yeah. on the Switch, for example, so many games that first year were selling like crazy because they were the only things you could pick up on the Switch. You don't really have that situation on the PS5. And so it's like, why make a game that's a PS5 exclusive when you can get to a larger audience? Yeah, if there's no if there's no money behind it from PlayStation, I, I think you're going to see everybody go to PlayStation 4 and be like, yeah, sure, it, it loads faster on PS5. That's your PS5 version. Just enjoy. Yeah. Who cares? Backwards compatibility. Uh, speaking of Nintendo, number two on the Roper Report, Nintendo acquires next-level games. This is Marie D'Alessandra over at GamesIndustry.biz. Nintendo announced the acquisition of Vancouver-based studio Next Level Games for an undisclosed sum. Shares of the Luigi Mansion 3 developer were previously owned by its directors and employees, a number of which recently decided to sell, creating an opportunity for Nintendo to make the studio its wholly owned subsidiary, uh, the announcement said. The deal, which details haven't been revealed, is expected to close on March 1st, 2021. Next Level Games was created in 2002 and is well known for its partnerships with Nintendo on series such as Mario Strikers and Luigi's Mansion, as well as 3DS title Metroid Prime Federation Force. In the announcement, Nintendo said the acquisition <clears throat> will only have minor effects on its result for the fiscal year. With this purchase, the platform holder said it wanted to, quote, secure uh, NLG's development, uh, development expertise and availability of its resources, quote, as well as facilitate an anticipated improvement in development speed and quality by enabling closer communication and exchange of staff with the Nintendo development team, end quote. Luigi's Mansion 3 released in late 2019 uh, to po very positive reviews, uh, with the game becoming the biggest Switch launch of that year in the UK. <clears throat> Are you stoked blessing Eddie Oye Jr.? Did you play Luigi's Mansion 3? No, I'm not really a Luigi's Mansion person. Oh, um, come on. Ghostbusters. But, but this is cool, though. Like, this very much strikes me as, as very similar as uh, Sony acquiring Insomniac, where it's like, all right, like, you've made games for us, and we have this partnership, and we might as well secure you so that you don't go off and get bought by somebody yeah. else, and we, and we <clears> lose <throat> those games. Uh, so this seems cool for that. I also think it seems cool for the idea that with them being acquired, that might mean that they can then get expanded and make even bigger games. Like, not that Luigi's Mansion isn't big, right? But maybe with, maybe they can make an even bigger Luigi's Mansion or go on and make another Mario Strikers, which could be exciting. Um, so that's awesome for that. Yeah, I thought it was an interesting get. I loved Luigi's Mansion 3. Like, I thought it was a little, you know, it's it's a Luigi's Mansion game. So it's a, I, I, did, I put, put in a bunch of hours on two different plane rides and then never came back. So I never finished finished it. Because it was just the same thing. But I thought the bosses were fun. It was a fun game overall. It was like playing a cartoon. Mm -hmm. uh, I liked this uh, context, though, from Daniel Ahmad, of course, industry analyst. He put this thread up on Twitter. 
Nintendo has acquired next level games. Nintendo is extremely conservative conservative when it comes to mergers and acquisitions, with its last major acquisition being Monolith Soft in 2007. So why did Nintendo acquire NLG now, and what does it mean for both companies? A quick thread. NLG has been a key partner for Nintendo since 2005 when it first worked on Super Mario Strikers. It has been working exclusively with Nintendo since 2011, and its recent release, Luigi's Mansion 3, sold over 8 million units and is on, in, and is on track to outsell the prior two games combined. NLG has helped increase the value of Nintendo's IP, and it's clear the developer can produce multi-million selling hits. What changed recently is that owners of NLG were looking to sell their shares in the company and began talking to potential buyers. Nintendo moved to acquire the studio for three key reasons. Number one, to acquire a talented studio with proven success. Number two, to strengthen internal development on owned IP. And number three, to avoid the NLG group being sold off to a different company whose interests may not lie with those of Nintendo. Over the past few years, we have seen an increase in merger and acquisition activity in the video game sector with large tech and gaming companies acquiring development studios. In most cases, this is fueled by the rising value of IP and the need to build talented teams. In this case, Nintendo is not engaging in M&A, mergers and acquisitions, uh, for the same reason that, they, that, say, Microsoft did in regards to Bethesda, etc., for them, it's simply the three reasons above with the primary aim to strengthen internal development and integrate NLG as an internal team working on an owned IP. There won't be much change in Nintendo's M&A strategy going forward, and I don't expect them to engage in the same, engage in the same way other gaming slash tech companies have done so. Nintendo may make additional moves to secure studios like Intelligent Systems or Grezzo, etc. if needed, though. Nintendo's greatest asset is, its, is in its IP, and that's what shapes its M&A philosophy. Just thought it was interesting. It's spelling out mm -hmm. more of what Marie wrote uh, on Games Industry App is, of course. But the way that I think when we talk about Microsoft gobbling up Bethesda, when you talk about you know X and Z and Y all buying each other and doing this, this is such an interesting move that I don't think about Nintendo doing first party stuff really. When we talk about you know Xbox buying studios, then there's you know us over on PlayStation being like, wait, Jim Ryan said this. Are they going to buy more studios? Are they going to make more Sony first parties? What are they doing about this? And you see it as an arms race. You see it as them trying to snatch up. You see it as them trying to sell their platform. Whereas with Nintendo, I really do think it is about who can make our IP multi-million dollar games. Who can make? Yeah. Who can take our things in a trusted way and do something cool with them? And that's an interesting strategy you don't see often, bless. Yeah. No, I 100% I agree. Like, I don't, I, I've never really thought about Nintendo as having a first party studio lineup in the same way that, like, you know, Sony has Santa Monica and Gorilla and Sucker Punch and, and Insomniac and all these studios. And Nintendo, like, they do, but we just don't think about them the same way because they are pretty much working on Nintendo IP. And, like, they have, like, um, is it, I always get them mixed up with, with the other one. I think Retro is the one I'm thinking of that, like, that works Metroid. on Metroid. Yeah. yeah. Uh, like they have retro, right? Like we think of that as a Nintendo studio, but then they all, we beyond that, like Nintendo has Nintendo first party, and that that's kind of it. Yeah, um, yeah. and so like I find these acquisitions interesting for that. Um, I I wonder if this is just them like doing more Luigi's Mansion, or if they're going to go back to something like Mario Strikers, which I think would be cool because Mario Strikers, very fun game. 
Very I would game. think they do. I think they go back to something like that. I think it's more of a switch off thing of trying to, especially seeing the success that Luigi's Mansion had. Like you can be like, oh, it sold more than the last two combined. Like what a great game, sure. But it's also the fact that Switch is a runaway success, right? Like people buy Nintendo IP on Switch because mm-hmm. that's why we have that system. That's what we want to play on it. That and every indie we can take with us. So yeah, I think this would be another chance to breathe life into that. I'm still waiting. I know this isn't them. But in general, where's my Mario Golf, right? I'm sure there's a, a bunch of people out there going, where's my Mario Strikers? Oh, yeah. Like, those kind of games have a huge chance of success. I mean, they're a no-brainer. They're going to be successful on it, right? Even Mario Tennis Aces, which arguably <laughs> wasn't that great. That fleshed out of a Mario a- a tennis game did bonkers on oh, the yeah. system. People it was good it. enough. I, yeah, it was, exactly. At the very least, Mario, Mario Tennis Aces was better than Mario, I think, Power Tennis, the one before it. And so... As long as they're good enough, like these, the, the games are gonna sell. Um, yeah. Mario Golf, I think, is for sure in oh, the works. Mario Mario Strikers, I'm like less sure on because they, I think it's been since like Wii since they made a new one. Um, and I, I, I think I think it was Imran tweeting on 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 Twitter talking about how like Mario Striker, like Nintendo is just a weird company in general. Mario Strikers as a game kind of made nintendo go okay we gotta we gotta lock down how we portray our characters more because this has like <laughs> and this this is me um ad-libbing and adding in, in editorial but essentially the idea of these guys have way too much attitude like the way you guys, you guys have mario like frowning and doing all this shit is, is is way too much um which doesn't surprise me from nintendo for as weird of a company they are and so like i wonder if they go back to that if it is this watered down or not even watered down but like paired back in terms of attitude soccer game that is more along the lines of mario tennis aces or something like that um either way again like i'm excited for what um next level games has in store uh number three on the roper report cyberpunk 2077 has lost 79 percent of its player base on steam since launch this is darren bonthus over at GameSpot. uh cyberpunk 2077 has set a number of impressive sales feats since it launched last year such as selling 13 million copies at launch and breaking records on steam for the most concurrent users ever in a single player game cyberpunk 2077 also has several other achievements that city project red likely doesn't want to celebrate such as sony and microsoft offering full refunds to customers due to multiple performance issues within the game with sony even going so far as to pull the game from the playstation store Better optimized on PC than on console, Cyberpunk 2077 has had a more positive reception on that platform, but has failed to maintain its player base since launch. Cyberpunk 2077 has lost 79% of its players since launch, according to Get Hips. Uh, I guess, what do you say, Get Hype, right? But it's Get Hip, Get Hip. How do you say that? You're one of these young kids. H-Y-P. I mean, I'm, I'm, I've never seen a spell like that. I would Hip. say Get Hype. Get, get hype, get hype. Uh, data, which is current peak with with its current peak being over two hundred thousand players in comparison to its December peak of over a million players. By contrast, it took CD Projekt Red's previous game, The Witcher Three: Wild Hunt, three months to lose that percentage. However, The Witcher Three started from a much lower peak of around ninety-two thousand at launch in two thousand and fifteen. Blessing, Cyberpunk. How you feeling? <laughs> it's such a sad story because like underneath all this bullshit is a game that like i really i really love like i i truly truly enjoy cyberpunk and it sucks that all this bullshit around it has kind of like dampened it's uh, the the excitement that we've all had for it and has has fucked up with its success um this surprises me just a little bit because pc is the platform that the game runs the best on um but I will say that, like, I think when we, when we talk about 
maintaining a player base for a game like Cyberpunk, which is just a straight up RPG and a game that is way shorter than The Witcher. Way right? like, shorter than The Witcher. I think that is something yeah. that should have been pointed out in this article. The Witcher is way longer. Exactly. Like you can beat. The, I, I beat the game in six days and I've barely gone back to it because I was waiting to play it on PlayStation and that's just not going to happen now. Um, and I, <laughs> I I assume that the, the case is the same for many people who like yeah. went in. were yeah. super excited about Cyberpunk. Played it, binged it within a week or two, and then said, that was fun, had my time with it, and have just not gone back since. I bet that's what a lot of this is in terms of the drop-off. I think it's the game short, yeah, and so I think you could get out of it. I think it is. Even on PC, there's tons of bugs that yeah. you know they've talked about fixing. So why rush in and people getting saves lost in Eden? You know, If you're like me on PlayStation, I can't platinum the game because I consistently run into different glitches that are screwing me over on it. Like I, I, I've heard so many of our friends and peers be like, I picked it up and I put it down and I'm going to wait, you know what I mean? Or I'm not, I didn't even start it. I'm just going to wait for the PlayStation five version or until they fix the PC version. I think there's a, so much going on, but I'm there with you of like, I had a great time with cyberpunk, right? Like, you know, platinum, uh, tomfoolery, notwithstanding, like I enjoyed my run. I enjoyed the characters. I enjoyed the, I enjoyed it for being a fallout. Like, you know what I mean? I, oh, yeah. I, I and not having those expectations. So many people had on it. And this is not me saying, free pass to the glitches the problems the playstation 4 version not at all i'm saying all that fucking sucks and that's a quagmire and the mm. you know there should be ramifications for that i'm just saying if we're sitting here talking about the game that i played on playstation 5 i enjoyed myself i liked it but i think with so many amazing games is there time do you want to spend time on one that every day the news was getting worse and worse about every yeah. day there was something else horrible about cyberpunk and like it's just a punchline it's just a gag like and then I wonder, too, looking at it, of the people who are like, I'm going to wait for something. Will you ever come back to it? Like, how good does Anthem have to be when it comes back to get you to actually go play Anthem? And then get you, sure, but what about the hundreds of thousands of other people who bought it? And that's the same thing here of, like, when Cyberpunk is finally, or when CD Projekt Red is finally, like, Cyberpunk is complete, it is great, you're getting re-reviews on IGN and all this stuff, and people are happy with it, and they're talking about this. Is that enough to draw people in, or are you excited to play horizon in a, in a week or whatever the hell is coming out or whatever else you're lost in or whatever game you're yeah. you're playing right now yeah TikTok is usually my benchmark for when uh, conversations that we have in the video game world make it out into the mainstream world mm -hmm. and over the the christmas break uh, where we've had more more and more news about cyberpunk break right the lawsuit and all this different stuff you know part of me is, has been asking myself like okay how much of this is centered around video games media and how we talk about things and how much of this actually has made it out to yeah, how do people main, know yeah how much do people actually know right and obviously like it getting taken off playstation is a very huge thing and i'm sure everybody knows that um but it, it, it wasn't until i was scrolling on tiktok and came across multiple tiktoks that were making fun of cyberpunk in the bugs and all this stuff where i was like okay this stuff is broken through. Like everybody is very aware of how broken this game is the kids know the children the know. know they're aware they're out there. yeah Two Slice wrote into patreon.com slash games just like you can to be part of the show and support us on our sixth anniversary and says, hold on, I'm caught up my, caught my wires there. And says, with the tumultuous launch of Cyberpunk behind us, do you think that AAA games will look at it not simply as a cautionary tale for game optimization, but as a sign that focus and polish are much more important than the scope and feature promises? With indie games usually delivering on the latter, what's your take on some of the in-development next-gen AAA games turning the dial down on their scope in order to focus on delivering polished experiences? I hope so. I hope that um, Cyberpunk's launch becomes this 
signal to folks who are working on similar kinds of big RPGs. I'm gonna like you know look at Bethesda for. A I was gonna second. go right for him for Starfield <laughs> yeah. for Elder Scrolls. Yeah, it's like please, 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 like may, let let this be a lesson of hey, we gotta we gotta we gotta uh, um, raise the bar in terms of what we expect out of bugs in games and what we expect out of performance yeah. and all this stuff because I think we've let it we've let let it slide for so long and I think rightfully so right because like when we get a game like Fallout Fallout Three in 2008 or we get a game like Skyrim in 2011. And these games are massive and they have so much going on in them and they have like these great stories to tell and worlds get lost in. So much of the stuff in terms of bugs and uh, glitches can be overlooked because we we get it. Like we understand this is a big thing. Games are difficult to make. And that that goes for games across the board, not even just RPGs or um, Bethesda games. Um, but yeah, there is there there is kind of a point where that tolerance gets broken. I think Cyberpunk was was the one that kind of pushed us to the test with that. Uh, Cyberpunk during my playthrough came across a whole bunch of bugs, and I wish like honestly, my review. I wish I like I think I mentioned this before. I wish I wrote down every single bug I came across and actually like went through the list. But like part of me was like, okay, well, this is day one patch. I gotta ha- I I gotta draw the line somewhere. I gotta have gotta have mercy. <laughs> you can't like can't talk all about these things that people may or may not experience in the final game. Um, but like those bugs for me were on the line of, okay, by the time I finished this game, there was enough stuff here that it definitely did hamper my experience. And this game is definitely, uh, definitely came to me half-baked. Um, but I guess I'll let it slide because it's a big RPG that has all these different things going on. And at the end of the yeah. day, I did overall enjoy my experience with it. And part of this also is also going to come down to audience and how, um, how, much, how much does the audience mind it. Um, but that said, I do think and hope that this is a signal to uh, to companies developing games that like, hey, optimization is important and bug fixing fixing is important, and this is stuff that people do notice. And uh, it's not at the at the very least for uh, if you're a big developer, right, or if you're if you're a cyberpunk coming out, at the very least you should be open and honest about review codes and and letting people actually experience that's a different argument about what people are going to fucking get right and how you your feet will be held to the fire in a different way beyond you know where we were with our review where i was like this is concerning but you know they did fine on this thing like you you, all you can do is say like hey i hope it's not going to be like that but like that's the thing where is there a you know uh, two slices saying like you know our triple a's gonna look as a cautionary tale like this is like so far beyond a cautionary tale like, this is straight up lying to the audience. And, like, so many people don't do that. Like, I hope there's ramifications on the smaller end of, yeah, like, I really hope that, you know, especially, especially with Microsoft's backing and Game Pass and everything else and what we're already seeing with Grounded and so on and so forth, that Bethesda this next time around with Elder Scrolls, with uh, 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 Starfield, you know, is just, you know what? It's early access. It is an mm-hmm. early access single player you can, you can pay for it right now and you can play it but you're gonna run into things because guess what that's the only way to do this there's no possible way to do this any other way we can put out the game but no matter what you're gonna find bugs in this giant open world rpg we put you're gonna see systems combined that we didn't think about that are gonna break something and you're gonna do something and we want to work through all of that with you rather than have this conversation again where we meet some arbitrary deadline for investors and you know stockholders and we put it out and it is shit and you hate us we don't need another Fallout 76. Fallout 76 should have been put out this oh, way. Oh yeah. And granted, it's that's an online MMO kind of thing going on, or you know, you know, not MMO, but lots of people playing together online. This is a single player. It doesn't matter. Like that's how this game has got to be. And that because I think there's for those kind of games, 
for those open world Western RPGs, that is what you're expecting. You're expecting this giant world you can go anywhere in, right? Honestly, it's one of the things I I didn't I I missed playing cyberpunk and, and being in night city is that i didn't have the feeling i had of walking out of the vault in, in fallout three or four but especially three when we didn't know any better but when, like when it was so brand new of like i walked out of the vault and it was just like go anywhere like yeah. where do you want to go what so where do you want your story to begin it was like oh my god where cyberpunk is very much like get this quest go here get this quest go here and sure it can be here's a side gig here's a thing here's an ncpd uh mission to go do but in the end, I was just, I don't know Night City. You know what I mean? Like, I felt like I knew uh, Megaton. I felt like I knew uh, Boston in Fallout 4. Like, I knew those streets from being in them and existing and then running around. Whereas in Night City, I couldn't, you could drop me right now in any of the different districts and I'd be like, I don't, is this, like, is this yeah. Watson? I don't know. Like, it just doesn't feel like these have personalities that way. Yeah, So I'm definitely yeah. with that. I, and I hope that, like, you know, too, you know, we, well, I'm just going to say we, I'm sorry. Everyone on the internet except Blessing Eddie Oye Jr. really liked Miles Morales. You know, How dare being you? A <laughs> being it's a dialed-in AAA story that was like, here's a shorter thing, so it is more polished. Granted, you could swing around as a dumpster or a light, light pole if you did some things and screwed it around. But like, that for the most part, right, that is a, hey, here's a AAA game that isn't trying to be 60 hours. It is trying to be like a cool story that's telling you something. Can we learn something from that even? I mm. don't know blessing greg i got one more story on the roper report but before then i'm going to remind you you can go to patreon.com slash kind of funny games where you can be part of the show but more importantly for this you could get the show ad free speaking of ads greg way let me tell you about our sponsors up first is express vpn how did you choose which internet service provider to use? The sad thing is most of us have very little choice because ISPs operate like monopolies in the regions they serve. They then use this monopoly power to take advantage of their customers. Data caps, streaming th throttles, the list goes on. But worst of all, many ISPs log your internet activity and sell that data to other big tech companies for advertisements. To prevent ISPs from seeing our internet activity, Kind of Funny protects its devices with ExpressVPN. So what is ExpressVPN? It's a simple app for your computer or smartphone that encrypts all of your network data and tunnels it through a secure VPN server so that your ICP cannot see any of your activity. Just think about how much your life is on how much of your life is on the internet. Sadly, every site you visit, video you watch or message you send gets tracked by ISPs or other tech giants who can then sell your information for profit. That's the reason Kind of Funny recommends ExpressVPN as the best way to hide your online activity from your ISP. You download the app, tap one button on your device, and you're protected. And ExpressVPN does all of this without slowing your connection. That's why it's rated the number one VPN service by CNET and Wired. So stop handing over your personal data to ISPs and other tech giants who mine your activity and sell your information. Protect yourself with the VPN Kind of Funny Trusts to keep us private online, visit expressvpn.com slash games. That's E-X-P-R-E-S-S-V-P-N.com slash games to get three months extra for free. Go to expressvpn.com slash games right now to learn more. Up next is Honey. These days, it feels like online shopping is the only shopping we ever do. That's why today's sponsor honey is here to save you uh, it's the free browser extension that scours the internet for promo codes and automatically tests them to see when you're checking out what you get you've heard me read this ad before i usually just ad lib it why because i use honey all the time right there blessing i'm tapping it you hear it or you can't hear it because the mic's far i can't away. hear it 
But right there, I'm tapping my screen where it's a little honey icon. It's a little H. It's an underscore H in cursive. And what happens is it lights up when I go to check out on things, and it'll test coupon codes. So when I'm checking out on – first off, Honey installs in like two clicks. You do it. It's free. I suggest you log in, though, because then you bank uh, Honey coins that you can then use. I use them on Amazon gift cards. I digress. Uh, but when you're checking out, the little dancing coin comes down. It runs a bunch of different coupon codes. If it finds ones that'll it finds one that will work, it'll put it in for you and save you money. It's free money on the internet. Honey has found over 17 million members, over $2 billion in savings. Honey supports all kinds of retailers from tech and gaming sites to fashion brands and even food delivery. It's simple. If you have a computer, Honey should be on it. It's free and it works with whatever browser you use. You can get Honey for free today at joinhoney.com slash games. That's joinhoney.com slash games. So they know we sent you. Thanks, honey, for supporting today's episode. And then our final sponsor is Amazon Pharmacy. Chances are you use Amazon, Amazon Prime. If you have it, you have Twitch Prime. Give it to us on twitch.tv slash kind of funny games. But have you used Amazon Pharmacy yet? That's right. Prescriptions delivered to your door by Amazon, just like the toilet paper and Funko Pops, you're probably already getting delivered from Amazon. You know what I mean? Plus, it saves you time and keeps you out of the waiting line at the pharmacy. It's easy. Have your doctor's office send your next prescription straight to Amazon Pharmacy. Uh, you can use your insurance. Amazon Pharmacy works directly with most insurance plans nationwide. Amazon Prime members get free two-day delivery and save on prescription medication when paying without insurance. Uh, Tim needed some medication over the break after a doctor's visit. Uh, he used Amazon uh, Pharmacy and said it was super easy and worked just like Amazon, and I use Amazon all the time, so I'm going to start using Amazon Pharmacy. Uh, Amazon Prime members can save on prescription medication when not using insurance and get free two-day delivery. Learn more at Amazon.com slash GamesRx. That's Amazon, A-M-A-Z-O-N, dot com slash Games with an S, R-X, G-A-M-E-S-R-X. Amazon.com slash GamesRx. Greg, I saw somebody earlier uh, in chat ask, like, Bless, can you finish your, your story? Uh, to which in my mind I was like I already I finished my story I didn't make it clear though that the person I saw outside my window was a hallucination they weren't actually there nobody oh, was I, actually I got breaking. that I got that yeah okay. sleep paralysis people if you if you've never heard a sleep paralysis story right the yeah. idea is that you half wake up so you can't move your body still feels like it's asleep and then you also are half in a dream right yeah pretty much yeah and so people people tend to hallucinate a lot of times in sleep paralysis and a lot of people talk about seeing like witches or like demons or whatever yep. sitting in the corner or sitting on yep. their chest like not letting them get up and I, I never heard of anybody like seeing somebody out their window but as soon as i as soon as i tweeted about it i had other people be like oh yeah like i've seen that before which is weird that people have like these shared experiences but yeah no that's part of that's part of sleep paralysis is you hallucinate yeah, I think it was, uh, again, when Darshell was talking about it, she has some kind of little, like, demon troll, whatever the hell. I'm like, oh, God, no, thank you. Yeah. Couldn't do it. You know what I mean? That's why I got Porty. He protects me. Uh, number four on the Roper Report, Epic's moving into a mall. This is Matt TM Kim at IGN. Epic Games has bought an entire mall with plans to turn it, it turn its unused location into a new headquarters in Cary, North Carolina. In a press release, Epic Games announced that it has purchased a 980,000 square foot and 87-acre Cary Town Center Mall, which will become the new Epic Games campus by 2024. This includes plans to create both office buildings and recreational spaces for long spaces for long-term use. Development on the new HQ will begin later this year, and in the meantime, Epic Games will remain at its current Crossroads Boulevard location in Cary, uh, the city Epic Games has been based in for over 20 years. Quote, we're extremely proud that Epic has chosen to call Cary home for their new global headquarters, and we greatly appreciate the company's recognition of Cary's existing assets, as well as the unlimited potential of the area for their growing business. Carrie Mayor Harold Weinberg, 
wine wine break uh, said in the statement. That's fucking baller. That's cool. You know what I mean? Like, think yeah. about that. Like, I think all the dead malls in my old town, and if we were still like in fucking DuPage County, Illinois, or whatever, buy Stratford Square Mall, bulldoze it, and make it have an eighty-seven acre compound for kind of funny. Holy shit! If if somebody asked me in at the beginning of twenty seventeen what game was going to come out that year that would allow for a company years down the line to like move into a mall as a new headquarters, I would not have guessed Fortnite. No like for, for Fortnite success, and we've talked about it like a billion times. Fortnite success is the most surprising thing to come out, out of this generation. And we don't we don't think about that specific part of it, like the lead up to Fortnite and how nobody cared about that game. Like nobody I, I heard nobody talk about Fortnite. Like they announced Fortnite in, in the beginning of the decade, I want to say. Yeah, one of the spike awards, right? Where they had that first trailer that yeah. came out, I think, and showed off the first trailer for it. Yeah, and like disappeared. It's yeah. it's like if agent reappeared and came out next year and turned rockstar it was rockstar that was developing agent right yeah yeah it was, yeah, yeah. It was rockstar and turned rockstar into like three times of a bigger company like that's pretty much what happened with fortnite and so that's crazy I, I, that's for really me cool. it was i remember when fortnite got announced i remember oh that seems interesting zombies or whatever tower defense then it was quiet forever and then it was at e3 judges week 2017 where they epic was doing a thing and we were gonna go see it and i remember going down to the basement of the hotel for judges week going in there getting this presentation of them and it like i think i don't even remember we could play it i think it was just a hands-off visual presentation of playing base Fortnite. and i remember watching it and be like oh that seems kind of cool but like i'll, I'll never i don't want to do this i don't want to run yeah. around and build bases or whatever yada yada and then just the fucking astronomical rise of them being like you know what we love PUBG, so we're gonna make a battle royale too PUBG be like i don't know if you can do that like we did it and now we're bigger than you and it's all over fuck you <sighs> well what's the what do you think is the next big step for epic we got the epic game store they're putting out unreal engine 5 this yeah. this year right 2021 yeah 2021 yeah a little video yeah yeah, yeah. we got Fortnite. right now they acquired Rocket Rocket League. They're doing all these big things. What do you think is next for them after they take out Apple? I was going to say, that's that's <laughs> it, right? They got to get through this lawsuit with Apple. Are they going to win it? Are they going to free Fortnite? Oh, my God. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. uh, I don't. who can say? Like, who can call what these people are doing over there? It's uh, I, I feel like they keep paying it forward with, like, how they're trying to make it, you know, better for developers on their stores and to use the Unreal Engine and Marketplace and all that jazz. I guess you – I mean, they keep, you know – fucking finding new ways to keep Fortnite in the conversation and interesting right like i completely forgot that i i signed up for the Fortnite subscription on because uh, i was gonna oh, need yeah. to debuck anyway when we started playing again so i did that and i was like i'll cancel it after this because like i didn't even like the skin that came with the first Fortnite season uh or first Fortnite pass season and then it was like they dropped green lantern or announced green lantern and or uh, green era god they announced green era and i was like Oh, that's cool, but I, I don't know if I'll, I, I, I'm glad I canceled my subscription. <laughs> Didn't cancel it. It rolled over. I have Green Arrow. I'm like, no, right. I got Green Arrow. <laughs> I got Green Arrow and a bunch of V-Bucks. Whatever. Keep keep taking it. It's fine. I'm enjoying myself. I don't know. I, I, they're, they have more money than God, and that makes them, you know, I don't know if they're literally untouchable, but they definitely make moves as if they're untouchable. So yeah. what comes next and what game they make or where they take all that? I think, you know, continuing to iterate on Fortnite and making that into a different thing and respond to that audience is a big part of it. I'm going to make a very bold prediction that probably will not happen. 99% will not happen, but I want to make it just in case it does happen. And sure. I can point back to this video and be like, see, I told you Epic like years down the line from now announces a new console that goes head to head against the Microsoft Xbox and PlayStation. Wow. Okay. Yeah. I'm saying it right now. Clip it out. 
come back to this clip. I, I don't seven think years it's. I don't think it's as crazy as as you think it is. Blessing. Because I would think they would do it, and it would be more of like uh, what uh, Valve was always trying to do with Steambox, right? Mm-hmm. Hey, we made this baller ass PC kind of thing that, like, yeah, you yeah. can move some shit in, but it's like here it is, and you can get it for you know five hundred bucks or whatever it is, and it's going to be amazing. But the, the reason the question will be if if that'll be like epic if they do something like that, if that'll be like Epic's first flop or stuff like that, because anything that tries to go yeah. up against like micro like Xbox, PlayStation, it just doesn't have that like name. It's also. And it's also the thing of like, do you need to, do they want to, is that where they want to be? You know what I mean? Like their tools are used everywhere. Their game is everywhere except iOS. Like, and well, you know what I mean? Uh, like, do you really want to not even bite the hand that feeds you? You have all these revenue streams. Do you really also want to cut in? I think they would, for that to happen, if I'm reading the tea leaves on how Epic's been acting, they would have to feel that Xbox and Sony the deal they're running for developers is so unjust and unfair that this yeah. is the solution and they're yeah. going to do they're it. They're like, they know somewhere they're like, we're going to do it ourselves. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's the one reason why I don't think it would happen is because I don't think there is that much benefit for Epic to do yeah. that. Um, but I also think it could be a cool, like another pillar for them of, all right. Yeah. We're all, we're on these different platforms. Uh, kind of like how, kind of like what Xbox is kind of evolving into, right? Like Xbox is on Xbox, but we're also on PC and we have some of our games on switch and we're trying to get our games everywhere. Xcloud, all that stuff. Epic could get into that same thing and they could make their create their own pillar, which is a box for people's homes. Or it could be like a streaming thing. Uh, who knows? But I mean, yeah, that's I the thing. I, the they got Epic Game Store. Maybe that is the, the angle, right? Of like, here's the Epic Games, the Epic Games box, just so you could get that and do all that. And I'm sure there's some discount because of Fortnite and yada, yada, yada. Yeah. We're going to get back into Fortnite tonight? What's up? What's up? I'm playing Bloodborne now. You know what I mean. So I got to keep doing that, and then I got to grind that Avengers trophy. I'm always down for Fortnite. Like I always get in for a couple matches right, with you. Because right. I think uh, blessing. I want to play it in it. Okay. Oh. okay yeah. If you guys start a party and I see that notification on my phone, I'll probably yeah, pop yeah, it and play. Yeah. You have okay. so much bad FOMO, bless. <laughs> I it's so bad because as soon as anybody starts a party and like because the way the PS5 is now, you get the notification on your on your phone whenever it starts. And Which, whenever by the I way, that, I love. I love I it too. There was so much conversation that when the PlayStation got announced, and oh, they're they're ruining parties, they're changing the like. I love the fact that I see you guys doing stuff, and I'm like, oh, if I want to jump in, I can jump in, and if not, yeah. I'm not. I'll admit, I was I'll, I was wrong on that for the most part. I do I do still miss being in my own party and not being like like in the voice chat in games. Yeah. Uh, and I do like I miss a couple of things about it, but overall, yeah, no, it's worked out because every time I get the notification, I'm like, okay, I'm jumping in. We're going back. It's Fortnite time. I'm excited to see what Epic does next, Blessing, especially when they get this huge shopping mall. But 2024 is still so far away. If I wanted something more immediate, say what came to the mom and grab shops, where would I go? You would go to the official list of upcoming software across each and every platform, as listed by the Kind of Funny Games Daily Show hosts each and every weekday. Yeah. Out today, Orion, The Eternal Punishment is on PC and Mac. Winter Slay is on PC. Ralph's Adventure Aztec Mystery is on PC. Then for you Red Dead Online players, Rockstar says, for a fresh start across the frontier, Red Dead Online players can ring in the new year with a free honor reset, as well as discounts for character appearance changes, such as a free haircut, along with free drinks at the local saloons to celebrate the occasion. And then Japanese Romanji Adventure is out on Steam right now new dates for you sing sai Cygnus pizza race season two is coming to seem and vox pop on february 12th path of exile is getting a live stream uh on the th- march 13th no no hold on let me do this again path of exile is getting a live stream that's revealing the next major expansion 
3.13.0 on January 7th. Uh, on Friday, January 8th at uh, 7 a.m. Pacific, Riot Games will celebrate season uh, 2021. Oh, right. Yeah, that's right. The League of Legends universe has expanded over the year. Riot will celebrate that with an hour-long stream on Riot's YouTube page. Uh, after many great, oh, this is a the end of Minecraft Earth. After many great adventures, we've made the difficult decision to close down Minecraft Earth in June 2021. We're so grateful for all of your support, and today's last build includes several adjustments to make the la the last months as fun as possible. Oh, that's sad. Isn't that 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 was their Pokemon Go, right? I think so. Right. That's because right. I assume I assume that would have been COVID that would have caused that that shutdown yeah i, I, I saw their, their tweet on it um it looks like they're they're like images of like because this it on the launched phone and stuff not too yeah this this uh yeah, originally this launched in 2019 and so it's yeah. only been two years which i think makes it very evident that like covid might have fucked that up yeah i mean if ghostbusters world couldn't make it there's no way minecraft earth was gonna make it so that's pretty much oh yeah it's true it's true deals of the day for you I got some xbox game pass editions and then some playstation now editions xbox game pass reads like this though eFootball pez 2021 season update is coming to android and console january 7th injustice 2 is coming to android console and pc january 7th the little acre android and console on january 7th and then these are all january 14th games neoverse on pc uh torchlight 3 on android and console what remains of edith finch on pc and then y2k a postmodern rpg on pc Meanwhile, PlayStation Now is adding the Crew 2, Surviving Mars, and Frostpunk Console Edition. Blessing? Greg? We ask people watching live to go to patreon.com slash games to support us, get their questions on the show, get the exclusive post show, get the show ad-free, and of course... Write in with their squad up requests. Uh, if you want to play video games with the kind of funny best friends, you write in with your name, your platform of choice, what your username is, and why you need help in a game. I read it here. The best friends come and find you. Uh, Solom Going Solo needs help on PlayStation 5. Uh, the PSN username is The Chuckest. It's all one word T H E C H U C K E S T. The Chuckest. The Chuckest says, looking for people who would like to help take a noob into Warzone. I, I want you to know I ad I didn't ad lib that I totally like took what he wrote and then for some reason in my mind screw just screwed it all up I, the the meaning was there you know what I mean but it wasn't no, you got it the, yeah. looking for people who would like to take a warzone noob to the top is what he wrote <laughs> but when I got in there and immediately started trying to correct it I was like I'm way off <laughs> just go <laughs> just get whatever you can if you want to play warzone with the chuck is hit him up PlayStation Five we ask people watching live on twitch.tv slash kind of funny games to go to kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong. Tell us what we screw up as we screw it up so we can set the record straight for everybody watching later on youtube.com slash kindoffunnygames, roosterteeth.com, and listening on podcast services around the globe. Ignacio Rojas says, Mario Tennis Ultra Smash was the previous Mario Tennis game. It was on the Wii U. And then Nanobiologist says, sleep paralysis occurs as your brain is falling asleep or waking up before your brain starts talking to the rest of your body about movement, but your brain is pre preparing for sleep. It normally occurs in sleep-deprived, abnormal sleep schedules, or psychological stress. Which one of those are you, Blessing? All of the above. No, no, you're getting <laughs> in trouble. He's been playing too much Bloodborne. That's, That's what's it. giving him you the got, stress. Got, Dude, a lot of people have been brain. saying that. I'm saying, like, oh, it's because you've been playing Bloodborne. And it could be. I was I was very scared that I get nightmares playing Bloodborne, and mm -hmm. I was right. So there you go. <laughs> uh, let's run you through your host for the week. Tomorrow it's going to be Widow Wednesday, Blessing and Gary Widow. Thursday it'll be Blessing and Tam. And then Friday it will be me, an independent contractor, Janet Garcia, 
here to celebrate her Patreon launch week as she is independent from IGN. Uh, if you are watching live right now on twitch.tv slash kindoffunnygames, Snowbike Mike, Andy Cortez, Nick Scarpino, and a special guest will be up next with Warzone as they go in there and shoot some stuff. Uh, if you are just watching this and you're done, Thank you so much for watching. Remember, everybody, this is Kind of Funny Games Daily. Each and every weekday on a variety of platforms, we run you through the nerdy video game news you need to know about. If you like that, be part of the show on patreon.com slash kindoffunnygames, where you can go right now to support us, obviously, on our six-year anniversary. But more importantly for you, get the show with the post show we're about to do. Until next time, it's been our pleasure to serve you.